Welcome to A Word from the Valley, a weekly podcast produced for you from Zion Lutheran Church in Middletown, Maryland. For more information about our faith community and our weekly worship services, visit us at zionmiddletown.org or find us on Facebook. We hope you have a great week, and God bless. Back in 2019, Pastor and I and I and our family was at clergy couples retreat that we normally go to in August. In this particular year, we were focusing on how to create more family time during the holiday seasons. And so one of the activities we thought we'd do is we would do a little bit of our, our prep work in August instead of November, December type of thing. And so we brought in a bunch of different experts in the field, biblical experts, some different worship uh, experts, and to kind of help us with our prep work. And so we brought a professor to do some text study for the different Sundays in Advent. The professor said, he gets up his first, his first session with us and he says, I'm not going to talk about the gospel this year for this, for this workshop which was a little disconcerting for myself as someone who likes to do what is comfortable. I know the Gospels really well. That's where my comfort zone is. I can preach a sermon on any of the four Gospels any day. But you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a decent preacher, not a great preacher, a decent preacher, and a pretty good theologian. I like to be challenged every once in a while. So, I, so I, I said, okay, I can deal with that. Professor then announces that we're going to talk about the first lesson, the book of Isaiah. I say, great, I can handle this. I know a little bit about the prophet Isaiah. It's not too hard to preach on. Still my comfort zone. I got this. Hit me with your best exegetical notes, your text criticism, your, all the information you got about the historical time period that Isaiah is writing and speaking Give me all the Hebrew nuances, the things that make me feel very comfortable when I'm preaching and writing a sermon. He then announced that he was going to do none of that. No gospel, first lesson, and he's not going to do it the normal way. At this point, I am trying to claw my way out of this workshop. And my wife is having her nails driving into my leg to make me sit down because apparently there's a clergy couple retreat and if the one half of the clergy couple isn't there, it kind of is a little suspicious. So she told me anyway. So I stay, forcibly. And we go through the, the first week of Advent, and, and I survived. We had to do some creative writing, which was really cool. And I, I excel in creative writing. I like doing that kind of stuff. So I had a lot of fun. It wasn't that bad. And then he, he hands out some Play-Doh. He said, I want you to listen to the words of Isaiah, and I want you to focus on something in the text, and then I want you to take out your Plato, and I, and I want you to sculpt me something from the lesson. Yeah, I don't know how many of y'all know this, but I am not artistic at all. Like, I, I took a ceramics class in college. I waited to the very last semester of my college education to take my art class, and my one friend Kristen tells me, Go take the ceramics class. You'll love it. It's so much fun. 
all you get to do is make play pots and everything. It's so much fun. Her best friend, Rachel, is like, yeah, he's not going to like that. But she never told me that. Um, so I go, I take this class. And I go over immediately from my job, my office job at St. Joe's Hospital, wearing a suit and tie. And, she, and the professor, who isn't too thrilled about having to teach a class for non-art majors to begin with, she goes up and says, you're going to have to make 10 clay pots every single week. Do you know how hard it is to throw a clay pot? And she wanted a certain height. The first night, I was covered from head to toe in clay. I ruined my suit and my tie and my shirt, all, the whole thing. I hated that class. Absolutely dreaded going there every week. I was so happy when I got a pacemaker and the doctor told me I couldn't use my arm that way. I was like, thank you, Jesus. You have answered my prayers. Right? I'm not a crafty person. I mean, just ask the kids on, from Wednesday night. Or you can even just go down to the library. There is glitter everywhere. Uh, it did not go well. I mean, the kids learned something. They had a lot of fun. But man, the glitter is everywhere in there. And you give me like two by fours, some screws, and a, and a few other tools, I could probably build you almost anything. I can't promise you it's going to look good. That's where Bruce comes in. But I, I can at least make it work. And you won't fall down when you stand on it. You, t you give me someone from Oriental Trading Company and say, go make this. I'm going to be covered in glitter, paint, stickers in my hair. It's not who I am. This isn't who I am. Now, what in the world am I going to create out of Plato? So Dr. the professor reads the, the text. And typically when I, when I preach on Isaiah or typically when I preach any time, is I look for things that are, I know, that sound normal, sound comfortable to me. It's what most preachers do. And so immediately, we get the, the beginning of Isaiah. A shoot shall come out from the stock of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. Instantly, light bulbs normally go off in my head. Oh, come, O oh branch of Jesse, stem until your own and rescue them. I can sing that. Verse. It's from O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. It's where we, get, where we get the words from that. I can picture that very easily. And then in, in verse 2 and 3, we hear what many Christians call the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest on him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and fear of the Lord. He shall delight. His delight shall be in the fear of the Lord. This point in the text, I know what the prophet is saying. I can picture it. I can sing it. I, I've heard all these things before. This is an easy sermon material for me to whip together. And then it gets even better in the following verses. He shall not judge by what his eyes see or decide by what his ears hear. But with righteousness he shall judge the poor and decide with equity for the meek of the earth. He shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth and with the breath of his lips, he shall kill the wicked. All we need at this point is some eye of the tiger playing behind the, the reading of this, and, and we're good, right? We're all set. God will strike the earth and seek vengeance on our behalf. This passage makes us feel pretty good inside, right? God's on our side. We all revel in this sort of thing. It's a rag-to-riches type of story. But how do you sculpt any of that? I can preach it. can't sculpt it. Instead, my attention was drawn to the latter half of this prick beat. Normally, I would have overlooked. 
there is one word in this part of the reading that really stood out to me. Asp. I had no idea what an asp was. So I did what any good millennial would do at this point. I whipped out my iPhone and I looked it up on Google. An asp is a snake. Immediately, a light bulb went off in my head and I said, I can make a snake. This. Done. <laughs> my brothers and sisters, this silly activity, and I, I mean it was kind of silly, but it did something for me. I typically would have glossed over the second half of the passage, instead focused on where I felt more comfortable. Yet here, because of this activity, I was challenged to look for something I could sculpt. And I got to appear, experience a part of Scripture that I had never noticed before. The wolf shall live with the lamb. The leopard shall lie down with the kid. Have you only witnessed anything like this? I mean, the closest I get is in Jurassic Park where the the goat appears in T-Rex's cage, and it doesn't end real well for the goat or the people there. Right? A baby calf and a lion living in harmony and a little child leading them all to boot really hard to visualize. Think about it. A cow and a bear grazing in the same field. It usually doesn't end well for the cow. A lion turning down a delicious dinner of caribou for a bowl of salad. A child playing with a wild snake, and a mother is okay with that. That's the craziest part of it all. I mean, I let Thomas and Isaiah play with model trains. I mean, it's 12 volts. You can't kill them. It'll shock them, but you can't kill them. Never in my wildest dreams would I think of giving my sons a wild snake. And never would their mother be okay with it. <laughs> the image that the prophet is describing is so foreign to our existence. It would seem none of this is ever going to be possible. Lions eating straw, children playing with wild snakes, lambs and wolves dwelling together. It is impossible to think of anything that this is at all possible. Yet the prophet says that one day this will be our reality, and because this is Scripture, it's not an idle tale. The world, you and I in this new reality, will only know peace. Peace that God, this new reality that God is ushering in. One day the earth will be full of the knowledge of the Lord, just like the sea is made of water. One day this new reality will take hold in our lives, and we will have nothing to fear anymore. That's certainly both really good news and really bad news. It's really good news because it's something to hope for. But it's bad news for us stuck in this, in this mean time. How long must we live in this current reality? And that's why we have the season of Advent. So what in this text is speaking to you to say? What do you feel like sculpting? Are you all about the season of Advent? About the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Or are you all about the part of the text where God is seeking vengeance, recompense, and seeing and bringing evil down and the lowly lifted up? Or are you all about the impossible being made possible? Or are you already in the mindset that it's Christmas and you're ready to hold a little baby Jesus? 
Or are you a hopeless artist like me? Stuck in a world filled with real snakes and Play-Doh snakes. My friends in Christ, God likes hopeless causes. No matter where you fall on this spectrum this day, may you realize that you are witness that you are witnesses to this new era that God has been crafting for over a millennia. And you, like the lions, the lambs, the bears, and the snakes, will one day be transformed and brought into this new reality where we know only peace, peace that comes from our God.